Hello everyone, welcome back to Duel of the Takes. Today, we're going back to a Hello there, everyone. We're going back to a fan favorite format because uh, it went so well last time. Uh, we Last time we built Batman and it was a great episode and everyone loved it. So now we're doing the same thing. But to celebrate uh, the Star Wars story, uh, uh, Disney original, Disney Plus original show, we've got uh, we're building a Jedi to celebrate Kenobi. Um some of Josh's favorite Jedi are back, and uh, we're going to build our own, see how they hold up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> What's really fun about this format this time is we don't have 11 categories. We have like seven, so this will hopefully be a little bit a little bit smoother. We are joined by not one, but two amazing guests, friends of the show. If you watched our Wes Anderson ranked last week, our good friend Pilot is here again. So we've got some French representation. Say hello, my friend. Hello there. And uh, on the other end of the... Uh, of the Discord call, we do have friend of the show, uh, maybe our producer, uh, John Peralski. How's it going? <laughs> What's up? You have been referred to as the network that hosts Duel of the Takes not once, but twice in the past month. How does that make you feel? Is he Skynet? I thought the show was ending after uh, episode 100. Now I'm confused. It's great. It's great. M me too. Duel of the Takes forever, baby. That's what I say. We're not quitting till we get to episode 500. Oh no. That's past syndication, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, enough meta humor. We are moving on to everyone's species of choice for their Jedi. Do we just want to go with the order here on the spreadsheet? Yeah, why not? All right. Pilot, what species are you selecting for your Jedi? I am a Cloudite. What is a Cloudite, you might ask? A Klondike bar? Oh, uh, yeah, what's that? Remember that weird changeling in episode two, Bounty Hunter? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a Cloudite. So, uh, I can be whatever the fuck I want. Nice. Can you be pilot though? Yeah. I mean, I could be pilot. I could be ugly Cloudite. I could be uh, Zabrak. I can change my face, man. Cloudite is based. So I do have a question about that species. When they get shot with the dart and they t revert to this creepy little alien thing, that's a, that's an effect of the species defaulting to its normal state, not the dart that killed it. No, that's. That's just a, a that's just a normal state of Cloudite. Gotcha. That makes a lot more sense. I was always confused what type of dart uh, Django had shot the uh, bounty hunter with. I was like, yo, I never want to get shot by that. As a kid, I always thought it was Django Fett's freaking dart that changed it. Same. Nah, nah. <laughs> Thanks, George. Yeah, we should have had a 15-minute scene explaining that. What were they thinking? Maybe it's in the IMAX cut we never saw. The IMAX cut, cut is shorter, actually. Yeah, it's like 20 minutes shorter. Base. <laughs> White. Um, all right, so Pilot's got a Claudite. We're moving on to you, Kubis. What species is your Jedi? I'm kind of cheating a little bit. It is a super battle droid. <laughs> huh? Uh. So, hear me out. Droids can be force sensitive. Well, actually. We can pick stuff from EU from anything. So in the EU, some droids were force sensitive. So I'm going to go by that logic. Yeah, super battle droid. So now I have these like cool ass weapons on my arm and I got a lightsaber. I really like cheated when it comes to like 
how it would per- do in a battle. They would actually be competition for the Jedi and uh, were very annoying when you were playing Battlefront 2, the video game. And uh, yeah, I super battle droids, take them down. I didn't take the Force-sensitive droid thing too seriously, Josh, because I figured you were just going to lob your head off and attach it to a super battle droid. Similar to, like, C-3PO getting his head on the, you know, the crappy battle droids. I thought we were just going to shove your head on a super battle droid body. (laughs) And, like, Maul when he turns into, like, a Cronenberg monster and has spider legs. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just not going to have a neck. I'm going to look like a Flintstones character. I know you haven't watched it, Josh, but there is a canon for sensitive droid on visions no it's not canon vision is not canon yeah i don't think visions is canon nah it's canon well in which case that uh that band that performs for the pod racers zero out of ten anthony fantano needs to review their album because they're dog dog shit (laughs) (laughs) dog shit it's not very good production value i mean all right, Peralski, what species are you selecting for your je- Jedi? Uh, I picked a boring flavor. A racist flavor. Can I just be a human? No, that's lame. I, I, I'm sorry, but all the other Jedi stuff is uh, too much for me to handle. I'm just going to be a... I don't want to be blue or something, you know? You don't want to be the Navi? No. Oh, shit, I should have done that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, then... Are you going to be the freaking E.T. species? They are in Star Wars. No. Confirmed. What? Wait. Hold on. They're in the Senate meeting. What a fake fan. Who invited Alden on this episode? This guy knows nothing about Star Wars. See, I actively avoid any content involving E.T. It's in the main freaking movies. One of the first things I did when I uh, was allowed computer access as a kid, after I asked my parents' permission before going on DisneyChannel.com, uh, I also went to StarWars.com, and they had a fun facts and trivia segment in, like, circa 2004 and five, and that was one of the first facts was the screen grab of uh, the ETs at that Senate meeting. And I was like, yo, what? I didn't know that. So then I wanted to rewatch uh, all the prequels and try to find them, and I didn't do it that, that first time. Dude. The Star Wars website in the 2000s was such a powerful entity that we all didn't we all didn't respect enough, and now it's gone. Even the old Wikipedia was based. Now it's hosted by fandom and not that great. All right, so just a plain old human. Is there any you know specific uh, attributes to this human, Perelski? Does he just look like you? <laughs> Is he your avatar? Gotta have the Jedi mullet, right? Is that mm. plain old? Boring white human as I am. Oh, white. Okay, there we go. That's what I was looking for. Uh, yeah, yeah. It is just me. Of the play, I'm a simple man. I'm Ray. It's the first Polish Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ray Public Star Destroyer. That'd be that'd be interesting. You know how Disney's always announcing like their first gay character or whatever. This is this is them publicly announcing their first Polish Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along, Alden, what is your species of choice for your Jedi? Yeah, that's a that's a good one. I uh, I think I'm a wampa, like a wampa rat, the giant yeti creature from Hoth. Oh, why do you think a wampa is gonna have what it takes to be a Jedi? Well, in the EU, there already was a wampa that was sort of trained. I think by some Sith. So they have the capability. 
and at least some kind of aptitude to use the force so i think it's i think it would be good if someone just found me trained me found you you have to end up on hoth i I do feel like a wampa uh jedi would be uh very useful in the colder planets uh that seem to plague the star wars universe not so good in the desert planets though there's a lot of desert planets now there's like five alden's alden's gonna have a stroke when he goes to mustafar are we gonna be picking what planet we're from no i mean you can if you want i was gonna say are we all just desert boys john you're from you're from naboo you picked the white star wars character i like naboo it's a pretty place Well, my Jedi species should come as no surprise to anybody. I'm picking an Ewok here. (laughs) I know what a lot of you may be thinking. You know, Ewoks, they're not maybe the most capable species or or what what have you. I've been talking about this for a while, actually. uh, And Sekula, you know, reoccurring panelist and friend of the show, blessed me with this Cracked.com video of someone going way too far into depth about uh, Ewoks and their intelligence level. specifically with the fact that they're able to pick up foreign technology almost instantly means they could be the smartest uh, species in Star Wars, but one of the worst at communicating. So I think that that would make a very interesting Jedi, and that is why Ewoks are my choice. That's a really good thing to pick up on, especially when that little bastard goes and steals the speeder bike in Return of the Jedi. He, he learns how to f- use that shit right away. His feet aren't even big enough to like hit the throttle and the gas pedal, but he finds <laughs> a way. And that's what I really appreciate about the Ewoks. That and that they're just the Viet Cong. They're kind of like the Na'vi, but small little bears. And I, I also respect that. Maybe you just use force to push the pedal down. Ewoks, uh find a way <laughs> he walks to find a way to destroy the empire pilot what's your what's your jedi what's your claudite jedi's drip what's the outfit yo yo look at that drip look at that drip it's actually a jedi guardian drip damn oh wow i, I like that uh look at the color options on this website <laughs> If we're going to buy any Jedi costumes, I guess we're all getting them from AliExpress. It feels noble. It's not too much. Not a big armor. I'm more a force-like Jedi, ceremonial type, hunter, you know, gatherer, scavenger, must I say. You aren't looking for, like, hard, general Jedi armor. You know, right? Yeah. I'm chill. I'm a chill boy. So I have these golden patterns also. Really beautiful. Kind of reminds me of Assassin's Creed a little bit. Also, we can't cover up that beautiful face, so you're not going to be wearing the mask, right? Nah, no mask. I'm just wearing a uniform. I'm not a Jedi guard. That's hot. Sweet. I like the drip. Kubis, what is your, uh, what's your, what's your Jedi's drip? What's, what's your Jedi wearing? I'm going for a costume. That to me is the Jedi costume, and that is when the Jedi's uh, returned. I'm going with Luke's Return of the Jedi, all black costume from Episode Six, Return of the Jedi. Um, yeah, to me this is like the Jedi costume. Uh, Luke wore it when he finally became a fully trained Jedi Knight. Yeah, I kind of wish um, we saw more Jedi dressed this way. Like, I like the costumes like we see in other forms, but to me, this always this one always looked the coolest. Is it just, like, the black ones? Yeah, like, the all-black one that has, like, maybe the white thing sticking out at the end because he's, like, uh, balancing between the dark and the light. Space priest? 
Space Priest Luke. Uh, well, Josh, if you have these massive super battle droid arms, we're gonna have to just cut off the sleeves, right? Yeah, that's fine. It's like a Cobra Kai uniform. Long as we keep the black gloves. <laughs> Heck yeah, I dig it. Bruh. Peralski, what is your Jedi's drip? What what attire is your uh, white human uh, Jedi rocking? My plain Jane homeboy. There's this game called Star Wars The Force Unleashed, and I'm kind of a stan. There's a lot of different costume choices in it. So I picked, uh, I think it's the Sith Memorial Robes. They're pretty cool looking. It reminds me of, uh, it predates the Inquisitors from Star Wars, which... Wait, that's not Revan? Nah, it's a, it's a Starkiller suit. Oh. I thought it was Revan, too. It has definitely that feel of both that and it's the, you know, it's before the, the, the Inquisitors, the Seventh Sister, and then... And is there a specific cosmetic reason why you're going for these, uh, this specific, uh, robe choice, Perolski? Similar to Josh, where... You, I feel like you can't tell. It's not necessarily evil, you know? Anakin with his uh, dress code throughout the prequels is very much like, oh, I want to wear black, oh, I want to I wear dark colors, you know? Kind of his emo kid thing. Something's in the way. Going for? Yeah, I think it works, you know? Prolski and I watched the Batman a little too much the past month. <laughs> I didn't watch the Batman yet. I like the chrome plates on the shoulder and like chest area. I, th I feel like that's that's a nice design element. Even though I'm not a huge fan of uh, the Clone Wars animated series, I do love the idea of the Jedi getting this upgraded armor when they become generals during the war. I, I always thought that the not necessarily oh Anakin or Obi Wan suit is my favorite of that type, but I just love the little armor additions those suits have and this is similar to that i like that yeah in case they miss uh laser like reflecting they can take a shot to the chest and still be functional yeah like batman like batman alden what is your wampa wearing <laughs> god that sounds dirty the wampa drip <laughs> well to keep the dirty thing going uh not much <laughs> uh my wampa's only wearing a cloak just just a hood and cape just over the shoulders. Makes sense. Does he take it off when he starts dueling? Oh yeah, definitely. So it's just a naked wampa. The lightsaber comes on. Yeah, exactly. Great. Is there a specific cloak color you want? Because I know like like some of the older Jedi have brown robes like Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, but then a lot of them wear, tend to wear black. And I'm noticing a lot of painted black uh, Rolling Stones stands here where... Where it looks like the darker the robe, the the lighter the Jedi. No, I guess it's still a brown robe, but it's a little darker than what maybe Qui-Gon would wear. Nice. Anakin episode three robe color. Yeah, maybe closer to that. Wonderful. My Jedi, uh, my little Ewok Jedi, is going to wear something traditional to his home planet. Um, he's going to be rocking Tebow's uh, kind of like whatever animal this is, uh, skull around his head. What Tebow. is that? He'll also have a similar kind of just generic cloak. It'll probably be brown because one thing that's really important with the Ewoks as a race is uh, their ability to stay hidden. And that's going to be a big part of this Jedi build moving forward because of his height. He wants to maximize his like coverage and stealth capabilities, and he will have 
a robe that kind of can blend into multiple environments and dark enough to hide in shadows. He's a, he's a bit of a traditionalist, both in the way of the, the Jedi and also in the way of his, uh, his uh, Endor uh, heritage and would definitely wear a tribal kind of uh, headpiece of whatever whatever beast this is that Tebow was able to uh, <laughs> pelt and uh, and uh, skin and, and wear as a head a piece of headgear for the reason why my Ewok Jedi wears it is probably something that means a lot to him and uh, I think his his foes would be like kind of scared that this man's wearing another creature's skull around his head. Yeah, it's that classic warrior look. The Caravan of Courage Ewok story was actually done, you know, interesting at all. Uh, You could have some amazing Ewok stories. Why are you bashing my fifth favorite Star Wars movie right now? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to wear the top of Alden's skull. On top of my head. And that's what I'm going to wear. Uh-huh. So now that our Jedi have had their race selected for them and are dripped out to the max, <laughs> it is time for Pilot to pick what lightsaber hilt he's going for here. You just have to click on the link uh, I gave you, son. Well, yes, but you want to talk about it because this is a podcast. It's a podcast, idiot. I know it's a podcast. I know it. Oh, this is a sick lightsaber hilt. Yeah. So it has a bit of... Don't sponsor Saber Forge, people. Don't, but I I love the saber. So it has that Obi-Wan episode one feeling, you know, with the pommel and like the color a little bit. Uh, Nice leather grip. Probably would put it brown, but okay. Yeah, it's a cross guard. That's the feature I wanted the most because, like I said, my Jedi, my Jedi is more uh, ceremonial than a commander. It would probably have this kind of old relic as a reminder of his findings. What kind of grip are you going for? That snake skin or smooth grip? What? What? what, what? I, I guess like just a brown leather strip. Yeah. Yeah. We can get some dragon crate leather. I like this design because, yeah, it does have that Obi-Wan kind of classic feel, but then that the cross guard makes it feel very, like, new as well. It, it familiar, but new. How pretty. And uh, I, I'm not too into the Star Wars community. Why do we not want Saber Forge to sponsor us? Or why are we not endorsing them? The owner's a fucking jackass. Yeah, they're pretty expensive. Especially for what you get. This thing weighs 2.2 pounds. Like, that's pretty hefty. That feels like probably what a real lightsaber hilt would feel like, though. You could say that uh, Saber Forge uh, has this sort of monopoly kind of going on, at least in the custom Saber community. They're problematic. Interesting. All right. Well, we're moving right along to uh, Kubis. What lightsaber hilt are you going with? Please don't steal mine. I kept it very simple. Went with Count Dooku's lightsaber. You bastard. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good, though. The hilt makes the most sense. Like, it it feels like it's one of those saber hilts where when Obi-Wan talks about, like, an elegant weapon, that's what I think of is that type of hilt. Especially for my battle droidist arms all over the place, I'm gonna need, a like, a curved lightsaber so I don't, like, cut my arm off. What's kind of wild, though, is because you have a super battle droid 
base and that ar the arms are already so long, Dooku's hilt allows him to have more reach as well. So <laughs> your super battle droid can just like hit wingspan of seven feet and stick out a lightsaber. That's scary. Yeah, it's a weird thing to think about because, of course, Christopher Lee's major influence on that was his discussions about fencing and how to use different swords and whatnot. Then you think of Josh's mega battle droid and this giant ass curved hilt, even though he still has these droid hands. It's not going to, you know, Voldemort's little curved wand, how he makes it so he's all snake-like, you know? Same feeling, Christopher Lee with this hilt, you know? He can move around it and everything. I'm just seeing Josh's clunky battle droid arms trying to maneuver this beautiful, elegant hilt. <laughs> I'm surprised we haven't seen that lightsaber since. Right? I agree. I, we've seen more cross-guard lightsabers than curved ones, I think. Which is crazy. Especially in the New Republic, whatever it's called now. Is it the High Republic, or is that the old thing? Uh, no, the High Republic, I think, is what it's called now. The fact that I haven't seen one curved lightsaber on the cover of those books is crazy to me. Yeah, they even have cross-guard lightsabers. What the heck is going on? Was the first cross-guard lightsaber Kylo Ren's? Yeah. 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 That's... Okay. I mean, they recanonized it. The like that cross, like temple guards may have used cross guard lightsabers and that type of stuff. Also, I think at the bottom of Dooku's hilt, isn't that made of bone? Not the pommel, but right above the pommel, isn't that supposed to be made out of a bone? That base of it. Maybe. Yeah. You know how like some hilts have wood or uh, bone in it. I know a lot of. Uh, custom saber makers like doing that type of stuff too you could get some really cool looks out of what's the creature that a mandalorian rides you know one of their bones Ooh, a wampa bone wait so if i were to order a 350 dollars lightsaber hilt off of saber forge they're gonna make it out of some organ donors femur for me i hope so it could happen i am endorsing them publicly right now <laughs> <laughs> um, Peralski, what is your uh, lightsaber hilt of choice? Once again, simple man, plain Jane over here. Star Wars The Force Unleashed is my fucking favorite game ever, man. I love that game. The Starkiller hilt from the first game where it had the exposed crystal chamber. Ooh. I mean, at least at the time, it was one of the very few exposed crystal lightsabers i know once again at least in the saber building community that's a big deal especially when you could take apart and see the insides of like luke's lightsaber from return of the jedi and all that stuff it's that classic graflex base design but that exposed crystal chamber was so cool to me and especially back then looking at the different custom sabers that were out and available and people trying to make these you can never duel with them because that crystal chamber those pipes above it would just break nowadays every single time i see somebody making a star killer replica they're like this is heavy dueling ready because custom lightsaber community has just advanced so much and is so perfect and beautiful Give me that exposed crystal. Interesting. Yeah, I do think the exposed crystal is a cool look, um, for sure. 
I'm surprised we haven't seen this in a main series movie as well. I'm surprised Ray's yellow lightsaber or something doesn't have an exposed crystal on the hilt. That feels like it would make sense. It, having that spinning emitter, the closest thing we got, especially with the different colors that flash through the spin, there's a few theories that like maybe she can have alternating colors, but then again, apparently in canon... Every Jedi sinks with their color now or whatever, and you make the crystal bleed. I'm so confused. <laughs> and Ahsoka stopped the bleeding and made hers white. Purify. She bleached it. <laughs> she bleached her crystals. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Alden, what's your lightsaber hilt of choice? Kind of a variation of Asajj Ventress's. Another curved hilt. Yeah. Oh, she did have curved hilts. I forgot. She was trained by Dooku, right? Yes, sort of. She was trained in, like, lightsaber combat by Dooku. He was training the dark side of the Force. Yeah, I want her hilt design, but with wooden handles, and obviously it's got to fit Wampa hands. Really, really big. <laughs> so it's a little bit bigger. Are Wampas like the ogres of the Star Wars universe? I guess, at least on Hoth, Star Wars Battlefront 2, 2005, best mode, Wampa mode, when you, you have to fight all those bastards on Hoth. Wampas versus Ewoks. Cool. And is your lightsaber a double-sided uh, hilt as well? Well, they detach, but they do connect, so yes. Yeah, Alden, I thought your whole point was the detachability, but I thought you liked... No, I like that they connect. I thought you wanted specifically the wood, the Wookiee lightsaber. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's a Wookiee Padawan, like a little kid who goes and builds a lightsaber, and he has a wooden hilt, and it looks sick. Look at that hilt! It's so cool. It's a stick. I mean, you're a stick, but still. Look at that. Look how pretty that is. What show is this from? It's Rebels Art, Nate. You gotta give it a break, pal. No, that's... That's Clone Wars. That's Clone Wars?! Yes, this is the episode with David Tennant as a robot. God, I hate that design. Oh, it's so ugly. It took every fiber of my being to not do the helicopter lightsabers. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, if they had some gravity push on them, it'd be fine. But the lightsabers' blades making them fly doesn't make sense. <laughs> oh, it doesn't at all. Well, Alden's got this double-sided wooden lightsaber, so that's pretty cool. Face. I like the detachable element. I feel like that fits a wampa pretty well. Uh, I'm gonna echo Josh's sentiment on the uh, the Count Dooku hilt. It's always been my favorite lightsaber hilt. I don't think it necessarily fits with my Ewok build, but I like to think because Ewoks are kind of like scavengers that he, he just kind of stumbled across this hilt and uh, was like, this is the one for me. I think it would be kind of interesting to have something that clashes with the very rugged aesthetic that I'm giving my Ewok Jedi and this high class, uh, elegant weapon as a uh, as Josh has called it, I think would fit quite well. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing this little furball creature with a relatively long hilt and uh, uh, ready to kick some kick some evil ass, some Sith Lord ass, some bounty hunter ass. That's what my Ewok's here to do. Once again, I love the context of the curved hilt being used on now not only the super battle droid but also an ewok with his tiny little hands holding the curved hilt <laughs> whipping that thing around it's a good point i part of me kind of wants to make it a, like you know how like yoda's hilt is like half the <laughs> length 
<laughs> yeah, maybe maybe this Ewok kind of shortens it, but also part of the aesthetic of the Ewoks is that they're scavengers, so he just, you know, <laughs> he makes do. <laughs> I mean, maybe he's a tinker. Maybe he just made it smaller himself, like built, like rebuilt it. Yeah, he like he like punched it enough until it broke apart into a bunch of Lego pieces, and they went. Would you guys have liked the sequels better if Ray was an Ewok? Yeah. I mean, you know I would have. Yeah, without question. <laughs> interesting. It could have been an interesting story. <laughs> this sounds like furry bait. It does. Where's Sakul at? You guys didn't want him here, even though this is the perfect episode for him. Moving on to crystals. Let's talk crystals, guys. Uh, Mercury's in retrograde. It's time to talk astrology. What color lightsaber crystals are we, are we working with here, pilot? They're minerals, damn it! <laughs> so, I really like... Ahsoka Tano Shoto color in the Clone Wars. Yeah, the piss yellow, baby. Well, not really. It's not green. It's not yellow. It's in between. I kind of like this vibe. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a bit like Guardian-like, and uh, but at the same time, it has that um, you know Jedi Consular look of the green. So I'm, I'm a mix in between. So you know what? I'm gonna go with that. Because I don't like the piss saber. I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of the yellow. So just that in between, I'm like, mm, crisp, crisp. Yeah, I like it. It feels very earthy. As kids, it's something kind of goes over your head. Re-looking at the show when I was older and I was like, oh, they're different colors. It was cute and quirky. Wow, I think Ahsoka might have the most amount of different colored lightsaber crystals used as a character. Now that I think about it. I also look love the way Anakin gives her the lightsabers in season seven where he's just like here I made them blue and she's kind of like thanks but at the same time I'd be like what the hell Anakin That's, it, it speaks about Anakin as a character he doesn't really care what people's crystal preferences are he just shoves them in her face he's like here you go they're blue it's very Walter White and Jesse type of thing up next we've got uh, Kubis what, what lightsaber crystal are you using my friend to quote a great actor by the name of Samuel Jackson. You think I could get a purple lightsaber? I'm like the second baddest Jedi in the universe. Yeah, like the purple lightsaber, the way that it was introduced into the movies, the whole conversation with him and George Lucas, I think is, yeah, I've always just really dug that color for a lightsaber. I think it makes a lot of sense for a Jedi, for a Jedi like Mace Windu when you go into his backstory and everything. You know, essentially I just, I just like that color when it comes to why I would want it for my Jedi. But yeah, and also Mace Windu's just one of, if not my favorite Jedi. I think it's unique that they just were like, yeah, let's give this one a, like, like let's give this character a purple lightsaber. Like the behind the scenes story is really cool, but then like they have to like justify it within the canon, especially at that time where like the EU or the original legends were building out and they were like, okay, we have to like explain why he has a mix between a red and a blue, the two most popular lightsaber colors. The fact that it's on recording is the best part too that you see that moment when he asks him can I can I get purple you can kind of see the cogs in George's head like turning like a little <laughs> bit to try to like justify it in the lore and he's like wow well, wow well, may maybe yeah, we'll see you might get purple I, I like the purple choice Josh I I didn't expect anything else <laughs> <laughs> with your purple body <laughs> purple's his favorite color it is because because he's a king. It's the color of royalty. <laughs> <laughs> you drink lean, Josh? Not yet. 
All right, Peralski, what what hilt? What I mean, what crystal are you working with here? Pretty happy. Uh, looking forward to some of this. That uh, we, I think we have good variations on all our colors so far. Baby, the black crystal. Always been obsessed with it. And this was uh, pre. Oh, the Clone Wars with the Dark Saber, or you know, pre Mandalorian with the Dark Saber. So let me, so let me get this straight, Perolski. You're a white human Jedi. You're gonna go to the planet of Mandalore and take their sacred weapon from a race of people. No, no. See, Josh, where you broke. Listen, hold on. Where you broke the fact that expanded universe stuff exists. Back then, the Dark Saber didn't necessarily have the same, you know, storyline. And you could just get the black crystal and use the black crystal in the expanded universe. The video game, The Force Unleashed. At the time, you could kind of just, oh, here's your black crystal. But now, you know, of course in canon, there's the dark saber, the one night moon made by Mandalorian. I'm just saying this is getting Indiana Jones Temple of Doom over here. And if I have to, Josh, I will wipe out the whole the whole generation of Mandalorians to just get the crystal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the dark crystal. It's probably one of my favorite Jim Henson experiences uh, in movies. <laughs> <laughs> also, you can't make this one. Like, black is the absence of light. You can't... <laughs> I love the idiots who try to be like, oh, well, if you do it this way... No, it it, it doesn't work. <laughs> I feel like if you were able to make a one-way black spray paint, you could make it work, but I don't know how that would... <laughs> how that would work. A lot of people that cosplay, what they actually do is take the white and then just put a black piece of electrical tape just down it and take the photos from that angle and i'm like yeah smart that's probably the best way to do it it does look really cool um in live action like when we saw it in the mandalorian oh yeah that that came out so well it looks so pretty alden are you also going with a dark saber are you also taking the mandalore's sacred uh crystal from them uh no i'm not oh good a uh, little known fact yaddle has a orange lightsaber. Yes, she does. Which I don't know if that's canon or not, because in Lego Star Wars, it's green. <laughs> I thought her expanded universe canon completely got wiped. Uh, it, it has. Uh, it's not canon, but it's Legends, and it's great. It's one of the coolest uh, little Star Wars stories ever, in my opinion. Because isn't that comic from when she saves Anakin? When he's, like, dumb in 11 or whatever? Yes. Uh, her backstory is cool, too. She's, like, a prisoner of war, and her entire, like, uh, family gets wiped out. I guess they kind of, like, do that with Mandalorian now as well. But um, it, it's interesting, like, because she's in, like, this, like, prison confinement for, like, seven years or something and is able to escape. Some some Jedi saves her, and then she's like, okay, I'm going to become a Jedi now. And I think orange is a, is a cool color. There's not a ton of orange lightsabers out there. Why did you pick orange for your wampa? It fits. You never see it coming. It's kind of like when Rey turns on her lightsaber. You, you're not expecting that. Oh, good point. I wasn't expecting a lot of things in that scene. Exactly. I do think it'd be... F <laughs> never let them know your next move. I think it'd be funny if you see the uh, Alden coming out of his cave in the morning as a wampa, and it'd just be snowy hoth, and then he turns on his lightsaber, but it's a white lightsaber, and you just can't see it. It's just w a white screen of snow. That's basically all Alden would be if he's not wearing his cloak. Uh, I dig it. 
My crystal is very generic. I am going with the good old baby blue, the default most popular lightsaber in the galaxy. That curved hilt, the Count Dooku hilt with a blue lightsaber would just be kind of sick. I feel like having a Ewok with a blue lightsaber would just make sense. Um, I feel like at one point in the canon, there was this like, oh, the crystal represents their like moral compass or their force capabilities. And I think that this is just one of the most pure Jedi in terms of uh, his his moral compass and his uh, his uh, force capabilities. He's just he's one of the few Jedi casualties in the uh, the Clone Wars or Attack of the Clones. I mean, the Coliseum. <laughs> That's where Nate's Ewok dies. I have a whole story for the Ewok and it, it takes place after that, but you know, that that's that's the vibe I want. I don't want this to be the most powerful Jedi. I just want this to be a Jedi that fits in the Jedi order. It's definitely crushing when uh the first battle of the Clone Wars they lose like half the Jedi they sent into the battle. It's the way she goes. Do you uh are you more leaning towards a new hopes Arctic blue or the darker blue from Empire Strikes Back? I'm going with like an electric blue. Because Empire Strikes Back had to change that Arctic blue because they, you know, shoot on Hoth. And they're like, we need to darken the blue because we can't see the blue. <laughs> yeah, it would be definitely a darker but brighter blue, um, if that makes sense. So high saturation, but also very high luminance as well. When it's swinging around, I feel like it would look like the uh, New Hope, like light blue. But as it's just kind of out, it, it, very deep. Almost navy, but bright. Speaking of all things bright, who is your Jedi master pilot? Who's training your Jedi? I'm gonna go with uh, Dave Filoni favorite Jedi, Falcon. What a weird pick, Dave Filoni. He's collected. He feels like a good mentor. I feel I would I would want him as a master. He's very polite, calm, and powerful. So let's go with my boy Plo. Look at his face. He's kind of unique. Oh, he's definitely unique. He's kind of creepy. Yeah, you'd be scared about him, but he's so nice. That general Grievous type of feel where yeah. you can't tell how cyborg-y, alien-y he is. And yeah, you're right. He's all like, oh, hello, child. I'm going to abduct you and take you into my order, you know, and then steals Ahsoka away. Yeah, well, that's what they do. I know it's what they do. It's their whole job. Yeah, but he does it politely. He doesn't have to sway bets with Wada. <laughs> he doesn't have to say, your son's free from slavery, but you're not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, awkward scene. Thanks, thanks, based Qui-Gon. What's the, uh, like, alignment of uh, Plo, Plo Koon in terms of the other Jedi around him? Because I'm not too familiar with the character. Is is he, like, I, I just, I know he's on the, the order and, like, the, like, the, the, whatever, circle. He's a master. Yeah, he's a master. Isn't he one of the best? I feel like it goes Yoda, Mace Windu, Obi-Wan, then Plo Koon. Yeah. Like, he's high up there, especially during the Clone Wars. Wasn't he one of the best Jedi generals of the Clone Wars? Yeah, I mean, he got shot in a starfighter. I mean, you can't really defend yourself from that. You know, George was, you know, doing his shit, which is fine, but it is funny that Plo Koon becomes so fucking badass because of Dave Filoni's different stories he told with him, and yet he still just dies in the Starfighter in Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> what if he survived the crash? 
Please don't. <laughs> Why are you doing this? Literally Disney writers. <laughs> Mace Windu survived the fall out the window. <laughs> he did. He did. I hope so. Good segue. My master is, of course, Mace Windu. What? No. The man who survived the fall. Is it the Star Wars theory version of Mace Windu where he's back from the dead? <laughs> he's all CGI. He has the Nick Fury eye and the cuts on his face. <laughs> no, I think Mace Windu would be a really good teacher, uh, especially when it comes to combat. I like that he's like Yoda's like right-hand man. Like, it's, uh, I think they're a cool duo. I do think it would be interesting to see him train a super battle droid. Like, I'd watch that montage. It would it'd feel like something out of real steel. Think of that. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot Josh was a battle droid. <laughs> Mace Windu and this super battle droid just standing across from each other. I feel like him trying to teach the Force... Too. A super battle droid would be really funny too. It's like, balance, motherfucker. Do you have it? <laughs> you can't confuse a droid. You can't Jedi mind trick a droid, right? Uh. Well, not according to Lego Star Wars. Not really. Well, that means Josh would be immune to Jedi mind tricks. Pretty much all Jedi are, I think. Well, that's lame, pilot. Well, I'm just saying. Josh, hear me out. What if this is how Mace Windu comes back? His body's on a purple <laughs> super battle droid, and he's got his oh, purple no. lightsaber back. You're just you're just bringing back Mace Windu. This is the this is the series finale of Kenobi. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, it's just like the Darth Maul thing, except it's Mace's head on a super battle droid. Exactly. It's because while they were filming, uh, uh, Samuel Jackson was busy, so they're just like, uh, we'll just use footage from your cameo and like ditch impose it onto the super battle droid. We're gonna do what we did for RDJ and Iron Man. It's, it's like in the Batman animated series when Mr. Freeze became a head. Yes. <laughs> I, I cut off my own head. My name is Walt Disney now. Oh yeah, that'd be meta. Walt Disney lightsaber? Poralski. Who is your master? Uh, classic. The boy. Kermit the frog and Miss Piggy's child. Yoda. I love Yoda. He's the best. If I were to say what version of Yoda I'd want to train me, Empire Strikes Back. I like, you know, crazy Yoda. A little, you know, a little goofy Yoda. Shaking his ass in front of the fire. The other thing, too, he's very much like, you know, get this over. You know, he's, uh, hey, all the other Jedi are freaking dead. So he's kind of like, you know, Luke, don't leave. If you leave, you're going to fail. And what does Luke does? D what the duh, duh. what does Luke do? He leaves, and he fails. He's so stressed during the Clone Wars and the Jedi Order falling apart. I wouldn't want to deal with him. And you see all the times Anakin asks him for help, Master. I don't know what to do. And then he's like, mm, Get over it, bitch. Yoda in Return of the Jedi though does remind me a lot of Nick. You you make a lot of effort to go see him, and then he just sleeps. <laughs> Tell me about my father. Mm. Nice, nice. Alden, who is training your wampa? How how to how to tame a wampa? The Alden Mason story. Yeah, I found the weirdest Jedi. I don't the Terminator. Arden Lynn. Who? I figured that since she is somehow over ten thousand years old, don't worry about it. That at some point she would have just found me. Like as a baby? Do you think she would have raised you as a baby wampa? 
Like brought you into the Jedi Order? Maybe. Maybe like killed my parents. 24,500 BBY. Wait, in canon, is Alden the Wampa that gets his arm cut off by Luke? So it's even more disgraceful? Wait a minute. She died 10 ABY. She lived 24,510 years. Yeah, that sounds right. Dude, that's like biblical shit right there. Oh, it, it sounds like she was like, she got wounded in battle and then like reawoke. That's why she was like frozen oh. to time. She's she's like uh, the winter soldier because she's got a bionic arm too. <laughs> yes. She's like uh, Finnick from uh, Boba Fett and Mandalorian, right? Is that her name, Finnick? Yeah. Yeah, Finnick Shand. Yeah, she. Uh, that's what this uh, lady reminds this uh, pre- New canon lady reminds me of is like the cyborg characters they introduced in Boba Fett. Cyberpunk. After her reawakening by the Inquisitors. Juggernaut war droid. It looks like she goes rogue, leaves the Jedi Order, and is kind of uh, occupying like a, a bad space. She like uh, becomes friends with a, with a dark Jedi after, after the Battle of Endor. So that's interesting. You definitely got like a, a very uh, morally complex... Jedi Master. Makes sense for training a Wampa. I feel like the default uh, Wampa is just see something, kill it. So <laughs> be a good heavy on a team of Jedi. True. How would she even communicate with you? Oh, I guess through your heads. You don't need to speak the same language. I know. I keep forgetting there was a stupid TV show. Fine. TV show? That was in books. You think I read Star Wars books? I'm not that much of a fucking nerd. I am. Segwaying to my Jedi Master, I'm, I guess, also taking a page out of Peralski's book, but uh, this is where the story of my Ewok kind of comes into place and how he became a Jedi. Um, Master Yoda, right after the, the Battle of Kashyyyk, takes a bit of a detour before going to fight Palpatine because he senses that someday uh, Endor will have a gigantic battle. And although Kashyyyk wasn't as prepared as it could have been, he wants to plant the seeds, right? So he <laughs> briefly goes <laughs> and trains an Ewok. Uh-huh. What 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 was your Ewok doing during the Battle of Endor? <laughs> That's where it gets interesting. So because Ewoks learn extremely quickly, as we know, they just get foreign technology bestowed upon them and they instantaneously learn it. Yoda kind of just had to like you know, he like dropped off like manuscripts and copies of the sacred Jedi text. And he was like, hey, read this, you know. And then, uh, yeah, you know, here's the force in a nutshell. The Ewok picks it up in about two and a half minutes. And then Yoda goes back and, and does the rest of the stuff that he does in, uh, yeah, Revenge of the Sith. Wait, so you're implying when Yoda says, no, there is another. <laughs> He's talking about the Ewok. <laughs> this is the one that he set up because he knew that someday Endor would be, would be, like crucial it would be imperative to the the fate of the galaxy now where was my ewok during the battle of endor <laughs> that's a great question <laughs> he uh did inquisitors get him he was asleep Mm. Oh, sleepy Nick. So one one thing you have to know about the Ewoks is they're typically a nocturnal species, but most of the Battle of Endor takes place during the day. Oh. Because he had uh, been preparing for this for so long. We'll, we'll get into how this Ewok travels later when we get to the ship. He had just gotten back from a big journey, expecting the battle to be any moment now, but then got sleepy and took a nap inside of his, uh, his ship. Sleepy. 
because of the acoustics of the ship, heard nothing that was happening. And due to the design of it, no one thought anything of it. They just saw it there and were like, okay. And then as soon as Yub Nub started playing, he was like, yo, what's up? <laughs> Stepped out of the, the little ship that he was in and just partied with Luke and all of them and acted like he helped save the day. I like it. Trained by Yoda, he is probably one of the most capable Jedi out there, except when he's tired. Just He's just sleepy. Sleepy Nate Ewok Jedi thing. The sleepy Ewok, the Star Wars story. Now we're moving along to Force abilities. I'm excited for this. Uh, I feel like there's a lot more Force abilities than we've actually seen in mainstream Star Wars, so I'm wondering if we'll have any deep cuts here. Pilot, what... Force ability does your Jedi have? So anybody of you played uh, Fallen Order? Yes. Yes, I know of it. I haven't played it all. Yeah. Calcistus has this ability called Sense Echo. If you touch an object that's endued in the Force, you can feel its past. Only he can do that? Wait. There's a few Jedi that can do that, but it's a rare gift. But that's not like a common thing? No, it's a rare gift. It's a rare gift. Ah. That's cute. Yeah, Quinlan Voss has that as well. Oh. So it's really good ability for tracking, and I see my Jedi like more like a Jedi relic scavenger, going around the galaxy, finding old relics and weapons and things left by the Sith to destroy it. Joker Jedi. Yeah, Joker Jedi. And uh, that's what he does, basically. So Force Echo is really important for him to find entrance of old Jedi temples, to recover lost artifact, to even solve crime when something happens. Really useful. Sick. I dig it. So you're, you're, you've got uh, Indiana Jones-esque uh, Jedi here. Yeah. Indiana Jedi. Kubis, what Force ability does your super battle droid trained by Mace Windu have? There's two that I've been juggling with. I do love the Force Unleashed, and the Force Unleashed did taught me that not all bad guys use Force Lightning. Yeah! I've always liked that ability, and I feel like I want to make my battle droid even more powerful in a battle. I didn't want to bring it up, but I was going to bring up The Last Jedi and choose Force Projection. If I, as a human being, like just me... Force projection would probably, like, work the most because a lot of my friends do not live around me. So if I could just... I'd hate you force-timing me. If I could just force project into uh, into a bar with Nate or force project a Domino's pizza to Alden, I would do that. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with force lightning, though, because I just uh, I want my Jedi to be the strongest in a battle. Hmm. Force lightning is cool. I like when Rey accidentally uses it. Nearly kills Chewbacca. Should have <laughs> just had her kill Chewbacca, honestly. I like that uh, the super battle droid context, you could also like absorb the lightning really well. Ride the lightning, if you will. <laughs> so you've got Thor, the Thor, the super battle droid. Yeah. Peralski, what is your Jedi's force ability? I'm definitely on the same page as Josh. He had two very good choices there. I don't know if it's so much of an ability, but the way Yoda catches Palpatine's lightning in Revenge of the Sith and captures it into this little, like, power ball, I love. Yeah, no one, like, talks about that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make uh, power balls out of uh, lightning. If I could do something like that, I I'd like to be able to do that, you know? Not necessarily using the lightning as offensive, but definitely on the defense and capturing it and containing it. 
would that work kind of like how Kylo's able to stop like lasers and like the rounds in the air as well and then like f- like push them back like I feel like that's some sort of like force catch ability god that scene is so cool in Force Awakens you're right that makes sense yeah, I thought we were in for something special when that happened. The sequel trilogy really did peak in that opening scene. Yeah, right? Why do they use all... Jesus. <laughs> Sweet. So you're giving your uh, your Jedi force catch a good defensive ability. I feel like that that's awesome. That's a cool that's a cool thing. I never really thought about that. That ball lightning scene is never talked about. No. <laughs> and he does it like three times. Probably old enough. The only Jedi old enough to remember how to use that ability because no one has to use it before. I guess nobody's shooting lightning at each other constantly through the 900 years. That doesn't happen. It's just, it's... Dude, Yoda's retirement plan was awful. It, everything really fell apart at the end there. You think he bought that real estate like back when it looked promising on Dagobah and then... Promising it looks. This was supposed to be a promising town. Yeah, there's a deleted scene where Yoda lands on Dagobah in Revenge of the Sith and he just goes... <sighs> now I wait for 19 years. It's like having a timeshare in Florida on the Gulf Coast, but then like Hurricane Irma comes by and it turns into Dagobah. That's Yoda. That would be a good bit is like Yoda's travel agent or real estate agent rather like trying to sell him on Dagobah he gets there it's like all beaches and shit that's the Star Wars story that I want Yoda's travel and real estate agent Uh, Alden what is your force ability mine's a little complicated but flow walking moonwalking yes moonwalking it allows you to just kind of see the past and future Nice. And you can alter the events that you see. What? Yeah, it's legitimate time travel. It's broken. It is. There is no limitation to it at all. Are you broken? Yeah, and for someone to be as unhinged and also 24,000 years old. Oh, you're right. My master could probably teach it to me. To a wampa, though. Teach it to a wampa. Yes. Interesting. That wouldn't be good. Could you imagine if the all the time of the Star Wars universe was controlled by the Wampa? I see no issue. He's just altering the events. The Chosen One becomes a Wampa. That explains the special editions. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting choice, Alden. You're going to have like a Time Lord Jedi Wampa trained by like an unhinged frozen 25,000 year old Jedi. Cyborg. Jedi Cyborg. This is this is interesting. This is better than anything that's going to come out of Kenobi. I hope everyone listening understands that. Yeah, Alden's broke over here. Um, my force ability for my little Ewok Jedi is uh, going to be force blinding. This is in Jedi Fallen Order, but I think it's been used a couple other times as well. It's kind of just like having the ability to communicate a flashbang grenade <laughs> in like a first-person <laughs> shooter. Um, but I feel like with the stealth warfare that uh, Ewoks are used to and him being the protector of Endor, Uh, This is going to be super helpful. He's just going to flashbang any invaders and uh, protect his home planet unless he's asleep. Oh, so if he weren't asleep, that could explain some of those stormtroopers just dropping for no reason as he's just flashbanging them in the corner. I think a big part of uh, Yoda's vision was that neither Luke or Leia would be at the Battle of Endor and that this guy was supposed to hold it down while they were taking care of Vader and, and Palpatine. Clearly that plan 
and went askew uh, with the sleeping Ewok. You just see a chicken walker run into a tree and fall over. It's like, did he get flashbanged? <laughs> yeah, I feel like the whole stealth element is is crucial for this this Jedi build. And uh, I think that of the Force abilities, this isn't like the most powerful or whatever, but it would be useful in very certain situations. And I think that this, this situation makes sense. I feel like Yoda probably knows this ability. There's just something about Yoda's... Uh, uh, knowledge of the force that indicates that I feel like this is like a trick that he's had up his sleeve and was never going to use it until he wanted to like mess with Luke on Dagobah or something. Yeah, he knows everything. He's just a jackass and is like, oh, lightning bad. <laughs> All right. And now for a confusing question. What is everyone's uh, Jedi's alignment? What is their force alignment? Are they are they a good witch or a bad witch? Uh, I'm not religious. Uh, <laughs> Pilot? What is your Jedi's force alignment? Uh, he's a light bearer. So it disagrees a bit with the teaching of the Jedi's and the dogma of it. A bit like Qui-Gon. But he really believes in the light side of the force and balance. And to protect people. But still understand that the dark side is part of the, of the force as well. And balance doesn't mean eradicating the dark because that's impossible. Nice, nice. Kubis. What is your force alignment? You know, I would just say uh, being trained by Mace Windu. So, you know, I would say I would say light side probably have some disagreements with the Jedi Order, but overall probably just doing my thing, doing what I think is best for the good of the Force, and uh, think uh, think just overall, just your your Jedi Knight fighting, helping. I, I would like to be one of those Jedis that help like the citizens that you see in like Coruscant and stuff. Um, definitely stuff like that, where like they're actually seen as like, not like superheroes, but definitely helping the community and stuff. Yeah, kind of like Batman at the end of the Batman, where he's like helping people onto the helicopter and he's on the roof of Gotham Square Garden helping everyone out and stuff. He's helping Louisiana from Katrina. Would try to have the same uh, mindset as like, I don't know where I was going with that. Nice. I agree. I'm trying to have the same mindset of, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where I am. <laughs> I, I'm three inches tall. You took everything from me. I am three inches tall. <laughs> <laughs> Downsizing shit posting win. Alrighty. Uh, Perolski, what is your force alignment? Nothing. In between. Gray Jedi? No, there's no such thing as a gray Jedi. You either are a Jedi or you're not a Jedi. It's simple as that. They have their little religion that they want to follow. The problem is... I definitely have those Ahsoka vibes where she's all like, I'm no Jedi, but then she's still like overly good. And like always hanging out with Luke. Sometimes annoying. Yeah, I'm like, bro, you keep saying, I'm no Jedi, but then you're like rebuilding the Jedi Order over here. And I'm like, Ahsoka, relax. She's a Protestant, Peralski. I don't know why this is so hard for you to wrap your brain around. <laughs> <laughs> well, clearly, I don't want to be a Protestant. Yeah, who does? <laughs> Level 616 or whatever. Wait, that's the fucking Marvel thing. Level. I thought that was Stitch. 626. 626. <laughs> fucking. Goddamn. Whatever those shitty bounty hunter levels are of Coruscant, I want my Jedi to just be a jackass going through those bottom floors and just wiping out scumbags, you know? And in order to do that, you can't be a Jedi. You can't call yourself a Jedi. 
You know, then they'll be all like, yo, the Jedi Order, they're turning against us, which... You turned her against me? Yeah, exactly. That was, yeah, exactly. Also, theoretically, if you don't say whatever the hell, you could survive Order 66. They're not getting rid of all Force users. They were getting rid of all Jedi. Like, I'm, I'm not saying that I would have willingly become an Inquisitor, but if Vader is like, yo, I would have been like, yo! Is Blade Runner a Force alignment? <laughs> just hunting down hunting down droids yeah my force alignment is um blade runner uh, alden what is your uh what is your wampa's force alignment uh well i know this is build a jedi but i don't think a wampa can really be a jedi what so not not quite a sith but also not necessarily just a light side kind of guy Makes sense. He just does his own thing. And I also think with the unhingedness of my master, it's kind of not, it's not available to me, so. Uh, she's just teaching you shit. Yeah, you're just picking shit off. It, it's no, there's no direction, you know, you, there's no bias in her teaching. <laughs> she's just like, here's how you do force lightning, and you're like, cool. <laughs> Mine's kind of similar, Alden, where uh, I think because, the, like, Ewoks and Wampas are kind of just so removed from, like, the Jedi kind of way of life that it wouldn't really make sense for my Ewok to be a Jedi, so to speak. But because he is just trained off of photocopies of the sacred Jedi texts, he is a, a true Jedi, a, a Jedi purist, if you will, believes the core principles of the Jedi so much because that's all the information that he has. And uh, I think that that would actually lean uh, the character in an interesting direction where you might have like a Jedi extremist, especially post Battle of Endor. He could run into Luke and just be like, what, what are you doing? This isn't how Jedi operate, you know, if Ewoks could talk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's what he would say. <laughs> I feel like that could be some interesting dynamics in like a, a post uh, Sidious Invader kind of uh, Star Wars universe of, okay, this one guy happens to know everything, but he's completely incompetent and slept through the only battle where he could have been useful. <laughs> and uh, I, I kind of like that element. I also think this leads um, my Ewok to potentially be a really good master down the line where because he has no practice but has all the book smarts and the ingenuity of an Ewok it would be a very interesting character to raise say a Grogu or another child uh, uh, and that's kind of the whole point of the Jedi Order is like oh grooming these lost children of the stars into uh, protectors of the universe and that just makes sense with this Ewok that I have stumbled across. You basically just have the best pitch for the next Robot Chicken special. <laughs> you could do Baby Ewok in there. You know, you could do him on the Battle of Yav. You could do him screaming to Luke. Yo, the Jedi Order, don't do this, Luke. And then Luke just still follows the text strictly and gets confused and then breaks the Jedi Order again. You know, the Ewok could just be in the corner screaming at him, you know, awesome. And the final category here, before we have to pick one to rule them all, we've got the ship pilot. What ship is your uh, is, is your Jedi uh, operating? Pretty easy. So it's the old Republic Jedi ship. Whoa, this looks like something out of um, 
What's that game? Yeah, yeah, it looks like Amaret Carvet for the people not familiar with it. It's a bit smaller, but still has some space to sleep, store things. Because like I said, my Jedi is more of a traveler, so it's more logical for him to have a place to sleep in a ship to do his mission on the board like RV. Uh, I almost thought I was going for Corellian Corvette, but I feel like this design is much more Jedi-like, so I'm gonna go with it. Of course, heavily modified. So there's sleeping chambers in this ship? There is. There is. So you could have, like, slumber parties. Like, how many? Cool. It has a, it has a knife drive as well, so, you know, pretty useful. Uh, and maybe, maybe you could just add a little Jedi Delta Starfighter from Episode 2 to dock to it, so we could use it to starfight or just be more stealthy. I feel like it makes sense with the kind of, like, role that you've assigned your Jedi of finding relics and things like that. Like, that makes sense. It's a cool little ship, and, uh, like, we saw in Star Wars, technology stagnates a lot. Even if it's old, it's still useful can just upgrade it. It is funny how stagnant their technology is. Oh, it is. Doesn't change for thousands of years. They get better shielding, but that's it. Maybe faster travel speeds, too. Yeah. No holdo maneuvers, though. Sorry. No. Yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> Peralski, what is your dream spaceship? What is your what is your Jefferson Starship here? Going back to Simple Man, ETA-2 class, Star Destroyer, or... Uh, Star Interceptor. Not Star Destroyer. That'd be a big ship. This is the upgrade from the Attack of the Clones Jedi Starfighters that they were using, which used to have to dock to use a hyperdrive. Apparently, these could just use a hyperdrive and don't have to dock to that little ring thing that you see Obi-Wan dock to in Episode 2. It's like um, it's like when you have a USB-C to USB uh, cable instead of having to use a dongle. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing, too, TIE Fighters are so weird because in the original trilogy, the whole point of the TIE suit is because they don't have enough space for oxygen in the TIE Fighters. So that's why they did that, but then they fixed that by the time Force Awakens rolls around. TIE Fighters couldn't jump through hyperspace. That was, Yeah, well, that was for many reasons, actually. Actually? Actually? <laughs> but first of all, cost. Cost a lot less to just put them in a suit than to outfit every spaceship for travel without a helmet. I think they are pressurized, but like it's not really good to stay long because you have less oxygen because in the rebels they still have to tie fighter and they don't need to wear helmets so i think there is a little bit of it but it must not be really great and like lots of it and no, there's another reason this is another really important factor you didn't count in it's so that nobody can steal them it would be too easy for an imperial officer or a defector to just take the ship and go to hyperspace like they will they would lose tie fighter to the rebellion all the fucking time so i i think just for that reason and also the reason they can't land is because they have to be dependent on the star destroyer to run so you can't have just a jackass steal those and try to maintain them because it's almost impossible to do so without the ship my problem lies the empire has these eta2 interceptors so why they replace them with tie fighters at all they should have just kept using these nah too expensive they need to cover a lot of territories they wiped out all the jedi you're telling me they only made these for the jedi uh, they made these uh because they were cheap they were scary 
and they could deploy as much of them as they want. They need to govern the galaxy. You know, the Republic was pretty laid off in the defense, but the Empire, you want to have at least like four garrison at every planet you own, and that's 10,000 in planet and more. I'm going to stand by my opinion that an ETA-2 is better than a TIE Interceptor. It is. It is. But, no, fuck you. I don't want to be your friend anymore, pilot. Mr. Oh, the Empire needs to spend their money in the right place. Whatever. I don't care. Wow, I thought the politics of the prequels were boring. And learning about the in-game economy of the Star Wars universe just makes me very sad. <laughs> Nate just threw up in his mouth a little bit. Uh, yeah. ETA-2 Interceptor. Classic. Quick start. I'll definitely get sick and vomit all over that window. Just like my outfit. Black and gray. Why not? Throw a little bit of red in there, maybe. Alden? What what ship is big enough for a wampa? Um, a yacht. Oh, a yacht. A disgusting yacht. Yeah, so this guy hates the vertical style yachts in the Star Wars universe for some reason. I don't like it. I don't like the vertical style ships. I like them a lot. Well, you're weird. Yeah, well, shut up. It's pretty much the same style as the one that Dryden Voss had in uh, Solo. Yeah, remember that stupid stick flying away at the end of Solo? That's what Alden wants to fly. Dude, it looked sick. Crimson Dawn. Apparently, Satine has one, I guess, as the Duchess of Mandalore. Based. Wait, so is that the one Maul hat or- Probably. It's, it's Maul's property. Interesting. Interesting indeed. Color? Colorway? I don't know. I feel like it would make sense if it was- not the same colors as Dryden Voss's, but I really like the Art Deco kind of style to it. Maybe you should have it be camo where it's just stars. Like it's a star paint job. So when you land, it's weird, but it's just chrome. I like the chrome design for this, uh, Josh or Alden. Yeah, I think it would uh, be kind of blinding when I land places and that's just what I need. You have my force ability in your landing operations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Naboo Starship and Phantom Menace, when that shit lands on Tatooine, uh, you go blind every time. You don't need the Ewoks flashbang ability at that point. You just, Alden's gonna fly in, everyone's gonna go blind. Josh, what is your dream car? So, um, there is this video game that I've actually never played, but I love it called Shadows of the Empire. My ship is the Outrider. It is a very much a knockoff of the Millennium Falcon, but I love it. Argon Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. I like the colors in it. I like the little bit of like yellow it has in it. Uh, to me, uh, this is a ship that I would want to go adventures on in. Nice. It, it's armed with like the same kind of turret system. Like, there's like a separate sidecar kind of thing, right? Yep. Like, that's interesting. I wonder how this would operate with a super battle droid piloting it. <laughs> also, turning left seems like a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> You're all the way out on the right side and you go, oh! <laughs> True. It looks fast. So I like the name Outrider. It feels very, uh, yeah, I like it a lot. Sick. It is a Corellian ship, Corellian freighter. It, it is a cousin to the Millennium Falcon. My ship 
is uh, I just want to say for the record, when I first looked at the spreadsheet that you guys made, I was like, ew, ship. I have to ship the Jedi with a character? Like, I don't <laughs> want to do that. And then I thought about it, and I was like, oh, wait, no. Jedis have special vehicles. Okay, okay. Now that I don't have to ship my Ewok, the ship I want for my Ewok is going to be a uh, broken apart tree walker that is rigged to fly. Nice. Oh. I mean, the Ewoks are a very, uh, very capable species, and when they are given technology, they're going to repurpose it. And because uh, after the Battle of uh, Endor, this Ewok that now has the capability of a Jedi takes apart some some old tree, some old uh, tree walkers, some old chicken walkers, and uh, repurposes it into his very own first spaceship. He gets to he gets to learn the ways of leaving his his little moon and uh, travels the galaxy in in this thing and kind of my my canon for this would be a bunch of other ewoks like help him like rig it to a slingshot and like that's how he's able to get enough force to like launch out of the planet uh they build like one of those giant like in lego star wars they have like the little like rubber band slingshot things they just build a giant one and then (laughs) he goes in this thing oh my god i gotta go find luke immediately and, and talk to him. He he can upgrade it too, dude. There's no reason you can't shove a Tie Fighter engine in there. Oh, multiple Tie Fighter engines, uh, one for each wing. Twin ion, more like a quad ion engine. It's a Kite Fighter. I know what you're thinking. This the ship's not very big. In fact, it's probably really really small in comparison to every other ship mentioned so far. And I think that that would actually that would fit very well for my my Ewok because it'd be big enough for him to to snooze in when he needs to. Um, but you know, it's not really uh, you know catered for battle. It's definitely more stealth. But it does have a giant turret on the front of it, so <laughs> there's also options for space combat if necessary. So I want to specify, is it a chicken walker or the camel walker? The big one or the little one? It's the little one. Okay, because I don't think Alden Wampa could fit in there then. But it is kind of funny to think of Alden Wampa and Ewok Nate sitting next to each other in a chicken walker as they're slingshotting off of Endor to Dagobah. (laughs) To fight me. To fight. Fight super battle droid Josh. But yeah, I like that my little Ewok guy is scrappy and he makes do with what he has. I think given the chance to upgrade his ship, he would choose not to because of the fun memories he had leaving his moon for the first time in this piece of shit. He comes back, there's a big celebration. Wub Nub actually plays again. Yeah, yeah. Bro, we have the best robot chicken freaking special here. We gotta call them up. I'd love to write for Robot Chicken. Let's make it happen. Now, are we all fighting to the death? Is that is that what is happening to you? Essentially, we need to pick one of these for the upcoming Disney Plus show focused on our OC Jedi. Whose show are you watching, boys? So who's gonna appear in, a com- in Kenobi? <laughs> Whose cameo is in Kenobi? Yeah, who's in the last episode of Kenobi? <laughs> 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 makes their appearance this is rough these are all good picks it's mine duh but i don't know i really like the photoshop i made of josh's uh 
Luke uniform with the ripped sleeves. It's very WWE. <laughs> I gotta say, of the, like, I mean, I know everyone made a cool Jedi, and I have to agree to that sentiment. I think everyone did their, their absolute best in making the Jedi that they'd want to see, but in terms of something I could actually see being made, Pilot's uh, uh, Jedi makes a lot of sense, and kind of how it uh, operates as kind of this, like, relic finder. It sounds very, like, we could get a cool little Star Wars spinoff here about this this you know old school old Republic style Jedi that is going and looking for for relics to to restore the order or something like that that sounds like something I'd want to see and then Josh Alden and I's are a little chaotic but in a fun <laughs> way so that could also be good there's definitely options here <laughs> I'm a bounty hunter and you'd rather go with pilot a scavenger we have a movie of a scavenger already don't we have two bounty hunter disney plus shows already that aren't jedi we already have a scavenger jedi i'm offended i'm hurt i'm giving you the coup bone mask ray's a pretty boneless scavenger you're boneless pilot mm, yeah what the odd was Jakku to work with? I, I don't know if that's a fault on her. <laughs> yeah, but did she try again? You're right. Somebody wanted to become a Jedi. <laughs> I definitely have the best training. That is for sure. I have the same train. Well, that's not true. Yoda just makes a cameo in my training arc. Never mind. You've got better training. <laughs> I can literally go back in time and make sure your parents didn't meet. <laughs> <laughs> Alden's Wampa is definitely the most overpowered one here. Oh, for sure. That he he will destroy the Star Wars universe. All of us are probably thinking about balance and everything, stressing out. Wampa over here is all like, I'm gonna alter the timeline. Again, I'm going to create the special, special edition. I feel like if all four of our Jedi team up, we couldn't even take his Wampa. Alden, you should have made your species the Bendu. I almost did, though, Josh. I was talking to Borowski while uh, picking my stuff, and I talked to him about him. I love the Bendu. The Bendu. The one in the middle. So do we reintroduce rank choice voting for this? I would kick the Ewok over. Just want to point that out. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's do this. Okay, you can't vote for yourselves. Let's just all pick who we think is the best one. Okay. Okay. Sexy. I think the best one, uh, unfortunately, is Perolskis. <laughs> I'll go with Papu. Hey! Hey! The return! Um, Matt, my vote's going for pilots. I would, I would watch that. I really like Josh's. He's grown on me, staring at his purple... <laughs> I would have gone with Alden's, but damn, Josh would slaughter Alden. Super Battle Droid? Slaughter that Wampa. With Force Lightning? Yeah. He'd be trying to time travel and you'd just shock him. All right, Alden. But see, I've got experience with at least cyborgs, so like... Nothing that he would throw at me I wouldn't have seen before. I mean, I've already said it. Alden's is the most OP. Alden's makes Ray look like an underpowered character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I'm going to have to pick Pilot. Oh, fuck! And that means Pilot's Jedi, this uh, scavenger, is the... This Claudite race dripped out with the coolest uh, robe I have ever seen in my life. And you know what? This, uh, as Pilot as the winner... Let's uh let's give him a reward, and that is he will face the winner of the triple threat draft. Oh shit! So pilot and I will be dueling in a draft battle here very soon. <laughs> or Mikhail versus pilot. 
Or, or you. Or me. Well, uh, this has been Duel of the Takes. The Jedi, if you want to check out Pilot's content, he's got a lot of stuff dropping soon. The link's in the description of last week's episode, but also this one. <laughs> and uh, Perolsky, the uh, the showrunner of all things uh, Shockwave Entertainment, Scary Box Podcast, and uh, associate producer of Duel of the Takes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can check out his stuff in the description as well. Any uh, any closing thoughts or questions, Josh? You, I cut you off early last week, even though you weren't there. Like, but you were. I was the producer last week. Pilot, any because uh, this is recorded before Kenobi comes out. Any any bold predictions? Any last minute uh, theories you got? So the black girl is gonna turn to the dark side. I mean, gonna turn to the light side at the end and get killed by Vader or some shit. Oh, the sister. Yeah, and a sister. I don't know if Maul is totally out of this show. Mm. I could still see him show up. I know that they're really promoting it as the Vader, as the antagonist, but, I mean, they play Duel the Fates in that first teaser. Like, I feel like Maul is in here some way, shape, or form. Really? Yeah, the fact that Duel the Fates is in the soundtrack. Plus, Disney knows their fans. Ever since Filoni, you know, went on that whole thing about how Duel of the Fates works, I feel like the whole fan base knows of that. The whole point of Duel of the Fates is the duel between Anakin's light and dark by Qui-Gon losing to Darth Maul. I think that context just makes all of the Obi-Wan show with the Duel of the Takes, or Duel of the Takes, the Duel of the Fates trailer, <laughs> uh, Duel of the Fates trailer, just gives it that context. I'm, uh... Very excited, though. I didn't think we'd actually see this happen, uh, see Obi-Wan Kenobi back. Hayden looks cute in interviews that he's been doing. He's pretty cute and quirky. He, he, he looks like he's having a good time. I know I'm out of touch with uh, pretty much all things Disney, um, but mostly uh, Star Wars at this point. I do think there is um, a lot of interesting potential with this Kenobi show if they wanted to do some sort of, like, post order 66 like what you see of the remnants of force sensitive people like we were talking about it for a little bit but you know order 66 was specifically about wiping out the jedi and i mean i don't really understand what happened in the sequel trilogy and regarding the jedi if that's something that ray's going to try to restore or something that she's going to try to fix but what i've seen from the mandalorian it seems like they're trying to operate with force sensitive characters that are morally good in a way that isn't quote unquote jedi and I think maybe what we could see is more seeds of that planted, maybe more so within like the dialogue of of what Kenobi's actually doing on Tatooine besides just watching Luke from afar. And I think that that could be really fascinating. Maybe if there's some communications there. What I'm looking forward to the most in Kenobi is watching Uncle Owen raise Luke. <laughs> I think that Joel Egerton coming back as Uncle Owen is the biggest yo in in the history of Disney owning Star Wars. Um, I will actually watch this show specifically to see that relationship on screen. I don't want to see a ton of young Luke, but I do want to see conversations with Obi-Wan and Owen talking about the importance of how Luke is being raised. And, you know, this, this situation that Owen is in where he meets his stepbrother by marriage one time the dude shows up on his planet 
genocides all of the native people (laughs) and then is like oh yeah you gotta watch my kid now and by the way he's gonna be the most powerful person in the universe and uh yeah you 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 have to raise him and i think that that's that's interesting that's uh that's an interesting dynamic for an interesting arc with a character that is not force sensitive at all having to raise the most powerful being in the universe or one of I know the only thing I'm looking forward to really like actually wanting to see from the show is the last thing in Revenge of the Sith that Yoda says to Obi-Wan before they go their separate ways is Mm, training I have for you he brings up the fact that Qui-Gon learned how to get into the afterlife through the force I'm curious because I know there were a lot of rumors about Liam Neeson being on the show or whatnot. I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I know Clone Wars does some weird things. Theoretically, or at least original canon, I thought Qui-Gon was only able to... He wasn't able to fully apparate like the other Force ghosts were. Yeah, it was just his voice. That's what I hope. Uh, I want to get a little out of. Uh, if he comes in to voice act a little bit and it's Obi-Wan communicating with his old master, teaching him the ways, maybe we'll get into a little bit of how you can um, change your life force after you die and whatnot. I'm very curious for that, and that is definitely something that I've been hoping happens is we see a little bit of Obi-Wan learning from his dead master. Maybe paralleling it to Obi-Wan and Luke from the originals, even. Obi-Wan doesn't kind of do anything as a ghost. He just kind of tells Luke what to do, even though Darth Vader at the end of Empire is like, Obi-Wan trained you well. And it's like, Obi-Wan didn't do shit, dog. He zapped him a few times with the little laser Jedi trainer thing. And then sent him off to Yoda, died and sent him off to Yoda. Yeah, but maybe Vader probably didn't know about Yoda. You're right. I, I'll give you credit there. You know, training I have for you. And I want to see that. That's what I'm looking forward to. I uh, I wonder if we'll hear Yoda's voice, like, talking to Obi-Wan. What if Yoda force times? Bro, what if Yoda force times? <laughs> I'd expect to see something like that. It could be a puppet, too. And you know, those jackasses over there on those Disney Plus shows are all like, oh, let's do the practical stuff. God damn it, Josh. I'm not supposed to enjoy Star Wars. Well, this might be the last hope. Nice. I uh, I also want to point out, I'm pretty sure that Fushigi, as in Fushigi Magic Gravity Ball, is definitely a term in the Jawa language. I had a question during the Wes Anderson video that I didn't, but does anybody with Multiverse of Madness still in the theaters, does anybody have another franchise they would do like a Multiverse of Madness movie with? Mine was Power Rangers, because I think that could be really funny. You're right, though. I mean, yes, but it's happened. Like, it would have to be done again and better. Yeah, I want, like, different versions of, like, Tommy. Like, Tommy, if the Green Ranger never turned good. Like, stuff like that. But their timeline is different, though. Like, yeah, no, they all come from different universes already. Like, that can happen, what you're saying, but the multiverse already is canon in the Power Rangers universe, so... Especially when, uh, what, uh, the white... Ranger from the future. Why are we talking about Power Rangers? <laughs> the Power Rangers movie that came out a couple of years ago. I would I would want that timeline and then have the classics. 
yeah, classics come into that. Like, it's a No Way Home type of deal. What if that's the sequel to Everything, Everywhere, All at Once? <laughs> it's, it's just the Power Rangers movie. Yeah, I personally think that I, I would like multiverse movies if they stayed detached from franchises. And I know that sounds weird, but... That could work with Power Rangers, though, Nate. Like, that franchise... And it's it's done similar stuff before, but because, yeah, it's all kind of about, like, these these giant monsters, intergalactic portals, things like that. It, f- it fits in seamlessly. And at the end of the day, like, I don't think Power Rangers is, like, this IP where, like, the main timeline is, like, sacred or, you know, because, like, yeah, if you introduce something like multiverses and time travel to Star Wars, which has happened a couple of times recently, like, things get really, really messy in terms of preserving, like, your main canon. And that would be something I wouldn't want to see with a franchise that I, like, really, really care about. I don't really know what franchises I really, really care about anymore, uh, which is kind of sad. In theory, like... Like a multiversal Batman movie could be cool, and I think we'll see some of that in Flashpoint if that movie ever comes out. <laughs> so, like that could be interesting. Uh, but in in terms of IP, like I like what they do with like Looney Tunes back in action and and yes, even Space Jam yeah. to a lesser degree, where you do have these characters that are kind of yoinked from a cartoon and injected into something else. And I wouldn't mind seeing something that is like a glorified robot chicken special where you have the Looney Tunes hop into a bunch of different movies and ruin their plots. Like <laughs> that one segment in Space Jam 2, A New Legacy, yep. where they're looking for all these characters and they're just in the Warnerverse. That's fascinating to me. Like it's silly and it's... It was fun. But it was the best part of that whole movie in my opinion. And it's like a minute and a half montage. Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner on Fury road was a genuine like yo for me like that was cool like i that was so sick dude you know i could have cared less about lola bunny in like an animated wonder woman movie but even granny and speedy gonzalez in the matrix was fun like that was that was a that was a funny moment i'd like to see more stuff like that potentially if like they wanted to flesh that out into something like that's not taking itself too seriously i think that that's cool if they didn't make the rest of the movie an hour-long basketball game you could have really had that classic back in action feel like (laughs) they had it for a a couple of minutes and then it was taken away so quickly and then even matrix 4 does the same thing matrix 4 is all about oh like uh, we got rebooted by warner brothers the guy from freaking mindhunter tell it tells keanu reeves or whatever and then he's like rebooted what does that mean? And then the movie starts, and it's like, what is happening? That dude's had a weird career. Who, Keanu? No, the Mindhunter guy. I just checked the writers for Kenobi. The guy who did the screenplay for Drive is writing four episodes. Oh, I think I looked that up one time. Like, it looks like there's some good talent behind it, but it's also some weird picks. Uh, one of the writers was a writer for Pirates, at least the first three. Oh, shit. Uh, is Deborah Chow directing every episode? It just says series directed by right now. I don't know. Dude, you know what I'm excited for? If she's not, and, you know, they're doing their little team... Bryce Dallas Howard, every single time, every episode she's done has gotten better than the last one. And for every series she's been on. So, man, I hope this stays in the recording. But if she does an episode of Kenobi, it's probably going to be my favorite episode. (laughs) Well, I think that about does it for today's episode of Duel of the Takes. Thank you, everyone, for listening along. And uh, drop your 
the Jedi build in the comments section below. If you're watching along on YouTube, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, and who was your favorite Jedi build? Do you agree with the panel that Pilot knocked it out of the park? Or do you really want to see Alden's Wampa <laughs> to take the big screen here in the, in the coming years of Disney? Peace out. Thanks, guys. Goodbye. Goodbye, Alden. Oh, no.